Hi there, and welcome to the Burlap Podcast. My name is Chris Abel. And I'm Chris Fomsby. And today, we want to talk to you about time and how you spend it and how we spend it. And let's start off with... How much talk- time we waste it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, man, I was thinking about it this week. This morning, I got out of bed. I didn't even get out of bed. I reached for my phone, and I started looking at Facebook. And I spent half an hour on Facebook before even getting my day started. And you know what? I... I, I beat myself up all the time about not getting an early enough start. And you know what? I waste hours each week on social media. What's something you would do? Uh, well, there, social media is one for me, for sure. I can even reflect back to this afternoon. I caught myself in a stare, moving my thumb on my phone, scrolling down on Facebook and not even really knowing what I was looking at. <laughs> it just became numb, you know, so I do that as well. Uh, but for me, there's a couple of other things that, you know, I... Sometimes I'll overload my calendar, and so there's so much going on that I can't get to any of it. And so, oh. like, I waste time by overscheduling myself. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I, I you know, if, if I just put a meeting back-to-back here and do this here, I can get more done when, in essence, I, it, I waste a bunch of time uh, because I'm trying to get so much done, I actually get nothing done. So you don't bring your best energy to any of them? Is Probably, that what no, yeah. It's like, you know, you, yeah, it's like you, you can't even really focus in on one thing because you're worried about what's next, you know? And I don't feel like I'm present with people, particularly in meetings, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm in a lot of meetings. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I just feel like, okay, hurry up, let's get going, let's get going, let's go. I got another meeting, I got another meeting. So I feel like it wastes time because my calendar is so jam-packed. But probably the one... Uh, Wait, by the way, that's kind of like... The person who's like, what's your biggest weakness? And you're like, I try too hard. I work too many hours. Like, you're the guy who no, in the job no, interview. No, no. Yeah, so I'm the guy going, my biggest weakness, uh, sir, is that uh, I overpack my calendar with all these meaningful things I'm just things so busy. Do. Yeah, no, that's... I'm, I mean it sincerely. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... But anyway, so I think one for me that is is kind of... Uh, it's kind of... I don't know if it's really a waster because it's relevant, but... So I coach a 12U baseball team, you know, 12-year-olds and, and, and younger. It's a gold club team. We travel around, play different teams from different states and stuff, tournaments. It's a bunch of fun. I spend so much time thinking about it. Wait, These, do you have, you have kids in it? Like yeah, my son okay. plays on the team, and so I coach. And it's a great way to, to just really be a contributor to my community is to care for these other kids these other people's kids by coaching and some kids are horrible right they can't when i get them they can't catch you know or throw and then by the time but but i have so much fun with it that it like literally again i don't know if it's a waste of time because you know it's important time but i'm distracted oftentimes because of my inability to not think about the lineup and who's batting where and who's playing what position and so like like tonight we have a game uh, which means nothing to the listener. They don't know what day this is. This happens to be a Wednesday, okay, that we're recording this podcast. I started thinking of the lineup Monday afternoon. So, like, I'm two days out, and I'm already thinking of the lineup. You're just excited. To- yeah, I'm excited, man, because, you know, and we're not even that good of a team. It's not like we're undefeated and I can't wait to play. It's just a great group of kids. Wait, like, how much time are you spending on this lineup? I don't, see, I don't play baseball. Oh, man, I have no like, idea what you're talking it about. It will easily be an hour thinking through the strategy of, like, what, who should hit where and why they should hit where and who should play what position and who's been pitching well and... And these are twelve-year-olds, right? So, like, was and this like, and this is in the middle of your work day. <laughs> uh, well, wait, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> well, it was over lunch, obviously, only over lunch. <laughs> See, I feel like I have the more like in, the more like you know normal. I don't want to say normal, but the more like obvious vices like Netflix. I just I I get that one show going, and then my whole night's gone. You know, I just watch the whole season. I just watched. Like binge uh, it. 
yeah, I just watched Master of None season two and just, just I watched it in a day and a half, you know, like that's a ton of, that's like 10 hours. And were those work days? Uh, I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna plead the fifth. <laughs> um, so we'll, we we share this because time is an interesting thing. And you know, you might you might agree with us that every person on the planet has different gifts, privileges, cultural contexts, but we all have the same amount of time to work with. Each of us has 24 hours. It doesn't matter who you are. We all have 24 hours. One of the biggest hurdles for me in my ministry is my time management. Now I work with young adults, and so this applies to a lot of different things. And while we're primarily on this podcast dealing with talking about millennials and Gen Z, this is an aspect that we need to talk about because it will impact your ministry to millennials and Gen Z. Now, time management is not the sexy thing to talk about. And you might be wondering, what does this have to do with young adults? Well, here's my story briefly. What I found is I've planted uh, churches, uh, or what I, I guess to be more specific, I've planted campuses for churches. I've re- renovated uh, and reinvigorated youth ministry programs. I'm in the process of doing that with our young adult program at Church of the Resurrection. You know, my experience, and Chris, you can vouch for this too, is that there are things that are in common no matter where I am, no matter what environmental changes are happening. And there's three that I want to share today. I need to be meeting new people or connecting with people who are on the fringes. I need to be inviting people into leadership and creating leadership roles, and I need to be in a good place physically and spiritually. If those three things are happening, then what I see happening in my life is that there's new people coming and that I like am excited about the ministry and I bring my best energy and that there's people who are growing in their faith and taking roles and inviting new people. But those things do not naturally happen. Like it's so easy for the day to day, the week to week stuff to fill my plate and that the things that I know every single time will have impacts in my ministries, that they will be pushed to the margins, and that the stuff that's urgent but not important fills my plate. Do you have, have you ever had this oh, happen? Totally. And I think, you know, it, when you think about those things that kind of, I will just use the words, bring you life. Like if you're not doing those things, not only does it negatively impact the growth of your ministry, but it also doesn't allow you to be your best self and allow you to be who you are. And I think that's this true for, for me in these three areas, if I'm not creating something. So I'm an inventor, I'm a, like a, you know, writer, product developer. And if I'm not doing those things, like I'm not, I don't feel like I have any sort of outlet. And sometimes the urgent things that come up in a day override those because they're usually things I'm working on on the side. But what I found is I actually have better results with my productivity and my time management if I have multiple things going on that at least one will fuel me, right? Yeah. It helps me go. Uh, coaching. I love coaching young leaders. I just talked about coaching baseball, but I, there's something in me that just loves coaching people, not telling them what to do, not like, you know, pointing the way necessarily because I fail in so many things, but helping people just assess situations and determine like what's the next best step like that's a really valuable thing if i'm not doing it i'm wasting a bunch of time because i'm not fueled to do it and then if i don't understand how what i'm doing contributes to the greater organizational whole or Mm -hmm. the the total advancement or impact of or even beyond the organization i'm quickly bored and then t- I waste a lot of time because I don't feel like the things that I would do with my time are really contributing in meaningful, big ways. That's not to say everything I do has to be big. It just means that like if I don't feel like the little things are contributing to a big impact, I'll stop doing the little things and find things to do to take up that time. So yeah. those, are th- those are the three that jump off the top of my head. So it's so funny because when it comes to time, again, we... 
if we think about it, if we slow down enough to think about it, there are things that help us be better leaders and better and have more thriving ministries, but they often are things that you would not point out as like, this is a priority for my day. And so today we want to help talk about and think through how do we pick the right things that are priorities that will help get uh, help us reach people. I mean, and, and another side of that too is I don't know that we'll talk about this necessarily on this particular podcast, but I do think the other side of that with time is allowing for time to um, for there be, to be enough time to actually grow something, right? So like. Uh, I think of time like as in my work schedule and how much time am I spending and how productive I am am with that time. But then I'm also trying to think of time elapsing over a longer period that allows for growth to take place and giving some time for that to happen. So uh, I want to specifically get back to, you know, how we use our time and how we manage our work with the time that we have. But I think that's another angle or at least an an offshoot of when we think of time in general is, and it will come into play as it relates to building ministries. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to who have said things like, we've tried things, we've tried stuff, we did an event and nobody came or, and it's like, yeah, okay. So there's managing your time to prepare for that event. And then there's realizing that by managing your time for one event doesn't mean that like it's going to have anything great is going to happen that one time. And so therefore let's, let's have the art of the long view. So let's have a big picture of time in this conversation. But, but anyway, I interrupted you. No, no, that's great. Let's run with that. So, you know, what I often find is that people either fall um, off one side or the other. And so what you just described is when you're getting so into the details that you're not, that the details are not adding up to a cohesive vision. And I've actually read this, and I think, uh, I forget what her name is, Angela Duckworth, maybe, but it's a book on grit. And I don't know how much you've heard on grit. It was like popular a couple of years ago, and right. I haven't heard no, much I've recently. Heard of the book, yeah. But the idea behind grit was that grit is sustained action towards a goal. And that the people who have grit or people who are, are willing to like put in the hard work, the messy work for a long, sustained period of time. And I've always been the guy who went after a shiny objects. So I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, look, this gets results. And then, oh, oh, over here. And I just get distracted by things instead of consistent, um, you know, uh, efforts that may be small steps, baby steps. I've been journaling lately with the, it's not even a normal journey. It's like a journal. It's a like a self-development journal called, uh, it's from the company called Best Self, and it's called the uh, Self Journal. And they talk about in this journal the 20-mile march and how most of our goals are 20 miles of tiny steps towards a major achievement, towards 20 miles. And I find that so often in Christianity, like we even find this in churches, right? You either get the, like the short-term goals, like you have that big event and you don't get any follow-up information about those people who just came, right? Like all those new people and you didn't get emails. Like that's like focusing on the tasks in front of you and not the long-term solution. Right, right. Or they go for like the big goal. Like we want this many thousand people to come to this, you know, to our church over this, or we want to do this as a, you know, in the community, we want to transform the world, yeah. right? The Methodist mission is, you know, creating disciples that transform the world. And I'm like, oh man, that's pretty big. Yeah, that's real big. That's pretty, pretty undefined, you know? And so we follow the one side or the other so often. So uh, what we've learned is that to reach young adults, like it can be discouraging. Like you just said, like a lot of different churches get to this point where say, well, we've tried it and it's not working. Well, which side are you falling on here? Did you like pick an, like a goal that's too ambitious, or did you pick a bunch of steps that you didn't give time to get results yet? Or that like, you didn't do, period. Oh, yeah, you just had right? the idea you, for you it. Because I think that's part of it. It's like, 
I literally had someone tell me one time, and I think we've even alluded to it on this podcast before, like, oh, we've tried everything. And then when you, you ask them, well, what steps did you take to try these things, you realize they didn't actually take any steps. What they meant to say was, we've thought of everything. We actually just haven't put any grit into it, to use your word from earlier. We haven't had any sustained, ongoing sort of action, actionable items to move towards. And there has to be wisdom between, like, throwing good what's what's the phrase throwing good energy after bad or throwing good money after bad or what's that? i don't know what you're okay. talking there's about a, there's a phrase out there good eggs after bad i don't, I don't, I don't think don't it has know. anything to do with we'll eggs. post it online somewhere anyways you but the idea that. is you like, follow up with that you don't want to keep putting money and resources and energy to something that's not working but you have to like have the wisdom to know like well maybe this is just something that we need to consistently track after and there will be results. We're just not seeing them yet. Right. So, so how, what does that have to do with specifically related to time management, though? So, okay, that's a great question. Thanks for keeping me on track, boss. <laughs> uh, so what, what I've been working re- recently with is this book. I've mentioned it before, the, the Self-Journal. Like, we're not sponsored by them. They, don't, they didn't ship me a free one. I, spent, I paid for this with my own money. But I was like, I'm an extrovert. I'm an ENFP in the Myers-Briggs. Like, I'm a visionary. I'm creative. I'm all over know the map. I what means. So, some of these listeners do. <laughs> you don't, you've never taken the Myers-Briggs? I, I have, but I can't remember what all those letters mean, man. I'm sorry, well, Chris. We'll, we'll, well, we'll so take what does that later. mean? What is that? So... so Oh, that's a, a whole other podcast. Okay. I don't well, know. All right. Okay. EB, I'm an ABCD. <laughs> I don't know what you said. ENFG. What did you E-N-F-P. say? So E-N-F-P. The, E-N-F-P. The, the, it's, there's, there's four letters that are, that are, there's 16 different combinations of these four letters. Right. So it's introvert or extrovert. Yeah, I know how it works. Okay. I just want to know what are your My letters ENFP represent. is extrovert, intuitive, a feeling, perceiving, which means I'm like a big hippie. I'm a big extroverted hippie. Agreed. And, okay, thank you. All right, cool. That is you. That so, works. So Myers for breaks. me, time management, I'm talking about this because it's really something I have to tackle personally. Um, and so this goal, what I've done is um, I've used this book, and I'm going to share today uh, the pyramid that they've helped helped me figure out. Um, hopefully it's not like under a copyright or anything. Ah, nudge, nudge. Uh, but I want you to imagine this. You're listening right now. I want you to imagine a pyramid. And we have uh, on the very, this pyramid is set, is, is broken up into three different tiers. The top of your pyramid, that top tier, is your major goal. So for me, I'm going to just, I'm going to break this down so that we'll, well, let me describe the pyramid first and then we'll break it down. So for me, the major goal, um, you know, we'll, I'll talk about that in a second. The underneath, the second tier, are three progress goals that you know will bring you towards that major goal. So you divide, you have to divide your major goals into smaller bite-sized pieces. On the third tier, you see, you break it down even more into nine micro goals or tasks or action steps that lead to the three that lead to the one. And so then what you end up seeing is you see all of the, and then the, you practice these on a daily basis and you figure out how do my action steps lead me towards my uh, progress goals, which leads me to my ultimate goal. Now for me, single go over pa- that one more time, okay. just to make sure just, everybody understands. So you have a in there. major goal, right? Your ultimate goal. Top with, of the pyramid is with, major goal. Mm-hmm, with three progress goals. So vertically, if they were drawing this, so vertically underneath the major goal, yep. they would have three vertical spaces that would that would represent the three goal, the three major progress progress goals, goals to get them to their major goal. That's right. Right. And then underneath those, on the bottom tier of your pyramid, you'll have nine, nine or spaces, three underneath three, each of the three. Okay. Yeah. For the 
tasks and action steps that clear as mud yeah oh <laughs> no, come I'm on just kidding, it's hard to describe uh, a picture is, will help it is it is and they provide this free online on their website okay. i don't know if we could you know cross say promote. who cares yeah, what is it bestself.com i All think right, okay so so for me one of my major goals is to grow our tuesday night young adult event to 100 people you know i think this this thing we're getting close this is a bit this journal is based in th- 13 weeks so this is a little you know it's three months from now so it's an ambitious i think it can happen and where are you at now we, we had 60 we had 60 people last night okay. so i'm looking for you know over 50 percent growth uh-huh. which is you know yeah that's, significant. that is significant um, but I th- again, it's picking a goal that's that's uncomfortably large, uh-huh. but one that I will need to take direct steps towards. So that's the top of the pyramid. The why behind that is that personally, I remember being a young adult and being lonely and looking for meaning. And to me, it breaks my heart to think because I'm not organized, there's going to be young adults out there who are going to fail to connect because I haven't done my due justice as a leader. Right. That to me is the motivating thing behind the big goal. So you have so to understand. So it isn't you want to run around telling everybody you have a hundred people coming to your Tuesday event. No. It's because it those those numbers indicate people who otherwise would not be connected to to, to potentially not be connected and find themselves in the lonely spaces. Yeah. I mean, we have responsibility. Like yeah. We've been given gifts and totally. leadership positions. And, man, you have to make sure that your motive is a healthy place. Again, I've I've been in other places where my motive wasn't healthy uh-huh. and often unhealthy behaviors develop to reach unhealthy Yeah, I think motives. we all do. And I think that's why we surround ourselves with people who ask the hard questions and make sure our motives are pure and yeah. that we're on track. So if, you're, if your major goal is to grow your Tuesday night group to 100, then what are the three things underneath that major goal? So my, my progress goals are these. The first one I know is, uh, again, not as, as a guy who's not good with organization, I have to create a better system to follow up with new visitors. So we have new people come every week, and th- we have attendance sheets at these round tables, and they will check mark if they're new, if they've come for the first time. Now, what I do with those, it's hit or miss. I, I don't have a great system right now. Sometimes I follow up with them. Sometimes I get busy, and it falls to the margin of my plate. Um, the second progress goal is to create and recruit a team to set up the space. Now, often I, I know we have churches of many different sizes listening to this, but I find that um, often I have guilt that I'm the paid one, I'm the leader, so I'm supposed to be doing some of the work. And it's been a long journey to to delegate and to raise up volunteers and leaders who want to help. And so that's, again, a growing edge for me. But I know that if I'm already tired when the event begins because I've been setting up for a few hours, then I'm not going to be bringing the best energy for this program to reach people and connect them into a larger faith. And then the third progress goal for me is to plan and expand our speaker lineup. Now, this one's specific to my ministry because we interview people almost every week. Right, right. Um, so it's, it's going to be different in different contexts. So underneath those, however, I've broken up into action steps. So the first one, just a reminder, better system to follow up with new visitors. So my, uh, my first one is to send follow-up emails to new people every Wednesday. This is going to be a goal that every single Wednesday I'm going to follow up with people. The second one is schedule at least three coffees a week with people I don't know well. So this doesn't necessarily have to be new people, but there's new faces that I don't really know. And it can be really comfortable once you get to know a few people well, just spending your time with them, getting coffee with the same leaders, you know. 
And the third one is to have a new person event once a month. I'm really excited about this one. I'm going to take people bowling. I'm going to get all these new people from the past two months now and get them together and get them to get connected. Um, so those are three action steps that I know will get results towards my progress goal, which will get results towards my ultimate goal, right? And now I'm using a number as my ultimate goal here, but it doesn't have to be a number. The numbers can be break, broken down into the action steps, but it's helpful for me to have something that I can actually track and see if I've reached the goal. Yeah, I mean, all the numbers represent people. I don't think there's anything wrong with the number. Yeah. I mean, you could have a list of names if you wanted to. I mean, it's, you know, whatever. And I don't have to go into all the details of all the micro steps or the tasks and action steps that I've used, but it's helping. I just wanted to use it as an example to help you as the listener, as a pastor, as a leader, as a layperson in your context, realize that it's okay and it's good to set up some structure and some goals. Now, scripture tells us that, you know, Jesus says that, um, you know, who knows what tomorrow might bring. And so, you know, don't say I'm going to do this and go do that when, uh, when really like we don't know what tomorrow will bring. And so part of this is also like, this is what I plan to do with my energy. Right. God will, you know, maybe bless this and maybe I'll have other things come up, but there's a lot of, we just want to make sure also that as we're talking about time management, that we are careful not to in encourage a workaholism. And so, Chris, like, I feel like you've had a lot of experience in this. And how do you find, like, what wisdom and advice do you have to offer people about um, balancing, uh, uh, like, a work e um, ethic? Well, I think at the end of the day, it really comes back to rest or Sabbath. Like, you know, here's the deal, right? Like, one of the major things that any person in ministry, really for any job for that matter, I mean, flexibility. So, like, you're setting this, this progress goal, uh, these three progress goals and you're putting action steps to them and that's great you say I'm gonna have coffee three times with people I don't know well well that's great until something rolls up I either assign you something that you didn't know was coming or something happens with a person in your community and now your afternoon is taken by something else like some of that just we just have to learn how to roll with and it's like it's just a guideline this you know, what you've put together, this pyramid that you're using and how you've broken it down is a guideline. I think it's important to remember that because otherwise, man, you will never accomplish everything you set out to do. You just can't possibly do that. And if you do accomplish everything, you probably haven't set out to do enough. That's mm. how I've kind of learned over the years. It's like, now I don't put extra stress on myself if I didn't accomplish stuff because flexibility is one of the key ingredients to ministry of any kind, whether it's with students, young adults, children, adults, senior adults. It doesn't matter. Flexibility. And then I think the other side of it, though, uh, or maybe not the other side of it, connected to it, is this idea of rest and Sabbath. Like, you're only as good as you are healthy, right? And so if you're not healthy, you had mentioned this as one of your three, if you're not spiritually and physically healthy, you're no good to anybody, right. right? And so you can put down a list of 100 goals. I don't care. If you're not in a place where you're being energized, renewed, refreshed, whatever word you like to put in there, you will not be able to accomplish those things. And I think Jesus modeled it very well for us. You know, I think of Mark chapter 1, verses 35. Now, you might remember Jesus it says, like when, you have no Bible in front of you. You just pulled this well, out. Well, I, I mean, it's something I've talked about before, but it's like you might remember that in that passage, Jesus has been healing people, and the scripture says all night, right? He goes home, and I just imagine lines and lines of people with all kinds of illnesses and sickness, and Jesus heals them. And, you know, the whole night goes through, and, and, the, and verse 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, went to a solitary place, and he prayed. 
I think that means Jesus knew that without rest, he was no good for the next day. The disciples come and say, hey, we've been looking for you. What have you been? He's like, I've been with spending time with God, praying, being renewed, being refreshed. Those are my words, not scripture. And then he says, now let's go to the next village and do the same thing. I think that's a great model for how we understand what it looks like for us to manage our time and manage our work and be people who are healthy enough to accomplish what's on our list. I mean, I think we both know people who mean well, but they're just not healthy. In fact, some of the research out there is very clearly indicates that like you can work 50 hours a week at 50 hours a week to 75 hours a week has no difference in your productivity. So it actually starts to fall off. Wait a minute. So we're looking at like t- potentially 20, 20 or 25 hours between 20 work? and 25 hours of, of extra work in a week does not necessarily mean you will result in any greater productivity. Wow. Yeah, The Economist will put the link up along with the podcast so people can check it out. But I think specifically there it's 48 to 72 hours. It doesn't necessarily mean you have more effectiveness. And that means, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing 50 hours worth of work. What that means is you probably get to the point where you cannot become more productive. And people work and work and work and work and work so hard and they do not increase their productivity because what? We get tired, yeah. we get hungry, we get frustrated with people. I mean, today I snapped at somebody in the church office who asked me a question. I was like, I snapped at him real quick and I was like, that was a signal for me. Like, man, I might be a little bit tired. I might yeah. need some rest. If we don't know what those signals are and we don't take time to be with God, to refresh, renew, and to Sabbath, you know, to, to cease working, to remember, like, this is God's deal, not ours, and time is God's. And we're privileged to experience it. And, you know, part of that, too, is, like, we're not machines. Like, a pastor friend of mine told me this a couple years ago. I was asking him about, I forget what I was talking about. I was talking about churches and efficiency. And churches are not the most efficient places. Goodness gracious. You know, sometimes I I carry around guilt about that, right? Or sometimes I think I I was figuring out tithing for the first time or giving it all. And I remember just thinking, like, is this going, like, to a good cause? You know, how hypocritical is that? Someone who works for a church being like, well, I don't know if my money's... And and he was saying to me, he said, you know, Chris, God didn't make us to be machines. You know, just like that, the woman who came to uh, to Christ and broke, um, like, was it a a year's worth of value of a of nard or of a perfume on Jesus's feet like and Judas of all people is like we could have sold that yeah. and used it for the fun to help mm-hmm. people and Jesus is like she'll be remembered for her sacrifice like there's an element to faith that's not about efficiency which is really interesting to think about that efficiency will help you with your goals but you are not made to be just efficient like you are made to rest and to enjoy this life and to contribute to things bigger than yourself but efficiency alone is not going to fill your tank. It, it's a helpful tool. It's important to see how you use your time. It, there's some wisdom involved there, but it's not who you are. And I see this sometimes with really successful leaders is they be, just become, you know, I, had a, I was talking with someone yesterday, and they said when they were doing a church plant, he said a year into this, he became someone he didn't like. And I thought, how, how fascinating is that, that the work and the effort and the, you know, the time that was demanded of him yeah, like it made him into a person he didn't even like being. Yeah, I mean that's what happens. It changes us. It, it. I mean it. It literally can strip the joy away from what we're doing. And that doesn't mean when I say joy, I don't mean that that it's all happy times and all that because it's just not. I mean, 
I've never had a job where it was 100% like all the time. Like, oh, yeah. Happy times. I mean, in fact, I've had jobs where it's like barely that. Yeah. You know, but and but all that to say is I, I think for in order for us to use our time well, to your point earlier, be strategic with the time. What goals are you setting? What are you going after and why? And the why is, gosh, we could spend an episode just talking about the why, because if the why is not in alignment with what God's doing in the world, you can spin your wheels no matter how great your goals are anyway, right? Because yeah. sometimes that happens. We create goals that we want to just accomplish. We want to conquer. I have a friend who realized he's a coach of CEOs. He's been a CEO of four or five major companies, and he this is what he does now. He just Whoa. coaches CEOs. friends in high places. Them. Well, it, you know, I don't, his name's Glenn and Glenn coaches CEOs. And one time he came to me and he said, you know, one day I realized I'm accomplishing all this stuff. Like I'm conquering it. I'm killing it. And it great. And it feels great. But then I look back and I like, who got, who did I topple along the way to get there? You mm. know, whose heart did I break? Whose, you know, soul did I smash? Whatever it might be. And I think that's part of it as well. And, and I think Sabbath does that. Now, again, Goals are important. We got to have them. But we also need to understand maybe one of our goals needs to be spend more time being renewed and refreshed. I want to read from Abraham Heischel's book, just a uh, real short quote. It says, It must always be remembered that the Sabbath is not an occasion for diversion or for, fri- or for fi- I can't say that word, fulfillity. Not a day to shoot fireworks or to turn somersaults, but an opportunity to, to mend our tattered lives, to collect rather than dissipate time. Labor without dignity is the cause of misery. Rest without mm. spirit, the source of depravity. Wait, say that, say that part again? Yeah, so it goes, labor without dignity is the cause of misery. Rest without spirit, the source of depravity. Wow. Yeah, man, it's huge. And I, and I, I want us to end with that, just thinking about, you know, mm. what do we Sabbath for? It's not just for shooting fireworks and doing somersaults. It's to rest. It's to remember who is really responsible for all that we have and how do we worship God in that Sabbath. You know, it's funny because we're encouraging people to labor well. Like when you time manage, you're you're dig- you're providing dignity for yourself right. right you're saving you're making your time matter and you're probably hopefully creating extra space for your personal life and then also the sabbath is rest with spirit whereas like time wasting like we talked about the netflix right. or you know i can't really say that your you know kids sports team is a bad waste of time no but. i don't yeah and going back to that real quick though i don't mean <laughs> to make that just a waste of time what i'm saying is like it's a distraction it yeah. takes me away from what's on my list that i should be accomplishing so yeah. I'm sorry i didn't interrupt no no, no that's that's fine it's just it's funny that how each of these things can be talked about and have a flip side you know working working well with your time can be something that's harmful or helpful and and taking a break can be something that's harmful or helpful me mindlessly watching netflix is not the rest with spirit that heschel talked about right you know so it's just interesting just another aspect of ministry that we have to think about especially when it's coming to doing the hard work of reaching millennials and Gen Z, which is already a task that a lot of us feel unequipped for. And so we've got to take care of ourselves. We've got to take care of each other. And I just want to end by saying, wherever you are in this pursuit of reaching and engaging millennials and Generation Z, we want to be a support to you. We want to help you. Feel free to contact us. Go to thinkburlap.com. That's where you'll find this podcast, as well as all the other feeds that are 
spitting out podcasts these days. But but please let us be a resource to, to any of you, whether you are just beginning to think about what it means to reach and engage millennials or whether your church is in the middle of a, a long strategic process. Uh, you know, I know our church, Church of the Resurrection, some years ago committed to reaching 10,000 young adults. It's very um, big, very audacious goal. and But we're in the middle of working our way to trying to figure out if we can do that. And so wherever you are in the journey, let us be a resource. Let us be a help to you personally, but then also all of the resources that we're creating, uh, whether it be the, you know, the eBooks we create, the training that we do, or this podcast. We'd also love to hear from you. You can get a hold of us there, ask any questions that you might have. Maybe we missed something. Maybe in this podcast on time management, there's something that we completely didn't even speak of. And you're saying, why didn't they talk about this? Why didn't they talk about that? Let us know. Yeah, we'll gladly get you on the phone and and have another conversation about uh, how to help people who are reaching, engaging millennials. So thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll uh, look forward to the next time.